Hello everybody, welcome to the most recent and probably your new favorite podcast about motorsport. This is Ash Duvlan. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Here we are again. We are Alex Dublin. I am Diego, your guest from Buenos Aires and on the other side of the world, our Adrian Nui, my friend. Juan Barata. That is true. We both yeah. together, we, we will try to explain to you in half an hour what is and what means MotoGP. Isn't it true, Joao? Uh, yes, I will try to do some a, a little introduction from um, to uh, to MotoGP, um, and I will tell uh, how the championship evolved since I started watching it uh, around the year 2000, 2001, when I was six years old. <laughs> okay, many time ago. Uh, yeah. Just uh, just let me interrupt you. Just even before you start. I said Adrian Nui, but is there at MotoGP um, cons, uh, a man like him? Um, I will have to be fair and say that I don't know, but I think that probably is. I just don't... Maybe it's not so um, talked about. Uh, you don't talk about uh, mechanics and designers of aerodynamicists in uh, MotoGP, but for sure that, that there is somebody that is uh, like the gene, the genius of uh, MotoGP. Okay, so, uh, surely we will have two chapters about MotoGP. Um, to be fair, as you said a, a, second, a second ago, I know nothing about MotoGP. I didn't <laughs> even like it at all. But during this time uh, recording this podcast, I could see of how, how you love it, how it, it is part of your passion. I, I wonder uh, why this guy uh, likes this so much. I, I, in a way, I, I start to discover MotoGP. So I wanted to know a little bit more about it. And mm -hmm. when you know asking uh, an expert, uh, and I asked. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, yeah, I think that uh, MotoGP is probably the, the better races that you can watch, uh, like in the World Championship. I think there is no better, uh, or there is no other race that is so that you have so much emotions and you are so uh, vibrant and uh, feeling everything like MotoGP. I think it's uh, thrilling. Um, 
not like Formula One and maybe Formula E and even WTCR and things like that that you have some overtakes and then other races it's like just a, a train of cars uh, in MotoGP it's uh, always like a guy overtakes here and then another guy overtakes there and it's it's very fun very fun which is normal because it's a lot easier to overtake in a bike than in a car a car it's much wider and uh, occupies a lot of track so yeah it's normal but you can cannot say that it's not funnier and better looking maybe than uh, than cars racing okay very interesting and yeah it all begins uh, at least it's for you my pa my parents have arrived i think i will change place uh, just sorry give me a sec Posso ficar aqui okay i was i was asking if i could stay here and not be disturbed <laughs> don't worry uh, no no it's okay it, it was just the right moment to interrupt because yeah. <laughs> uh, I made a question and I'm going to get uh, just at the end of the question and start again uh, at your answer. Okay. Can you repeat the question? Sorry, because I was already listening to them. And, and when it all begins or when does it begin for you? Uh, so, yeah, I, I remember starting to watch MotoGP d during uh, 2001, which coincidentally coincided <laughs> with two important things. It was the year before the, um, the revision of regulations which brought the move to 1990, 990 uh, centi cubic centimeters uh, for stroke um, in the Premier class. Um, that was in line with modern engineering and production trends of uh, bikes and was and was also the the year of the rise of a young Italian rider called Valentino Rossi which took the last ever 500cc title in 2001 on on the machinery um, having won in, two, uh, in uh, 997 the uh, 125 cc and in 1999 the 2050 crown both with aprilia um so yeah in 2022 there were those changes happened and the world championship was rebranded re as MotoGP and introduced the you can say 1000 cc racing it was 990 but yeah it's 1000 um, Valentino Rossi went on to win four further consecutive titles and became an idol for many people and for me, I have to say mm -hmm. it. <laughs> two, two titles with Honda, uh, for sure one of the strongest, if not the strongest moto, and um, two after with a sensational move to Yamaha. Um, this move was impressive because no one wanted to drive uh, Yamaha as they were weak in performance. Uh, we, uh, we can say that Rossi revived Yamaha and that is why he seems to, um, to rule that, that uh, house somehow, uh, even, in today, uh, even today. Uh, they recognize his importance, I think. During all these years, it seemed that, uh, this was the funny thing about races, that it seemed that he was uh, almost playing with others. 
you, you would usually have a poor start and recover from outside the top 10 to win the race or at least get a <laughs> get a podium. Uh, his charisma and style were really different and uh, the crowds that went to MotoGP races as Rossi fans were huge, uh, which was insane and I experienced it a couple of times here in Estudio. Which were, sorry, I, I was hearing you and you said Yamaha wasn't a uh, favorite. Uh, how do you say level uh, the favorite? Uh, it it was they were not really title contenders like it were it wasn't a very strong bike like the Hondas were very good were a, a step up from which the other the, one the, which we are the, the stronger um, the stronger teams uh, yeah in those years it was uh, the Honda Motors with uh, Repsol Repsol Honda. And uh, the, 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 how do you say, non-factory Honda, but that they had, in MotoGP they have almost the same bike, it's, it's not like in Formula 1 with those B, B teams, uh, they really have the same bike. And uh, uh, Rossi, uh, in the first year, was, was champion with not uh, the Repsol Honda, it was, uh, how do you say, a private team. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Um, and um, they were a step ahead, I think, of everyone. Then, then there were the Yamas, the the Ducatis, and the Suzukis, but they weren't so so strong. I don't know if you could answer today or perhaps next chapter, but which is the difference, or, or which are the difference between uh, Superbike and MotoGP? Uh, I don't know the details, but um, uh, superbikes are almost, um, how do you say, road road bikes. They don't have a lot of changes, really. They are very cheap in very like production uh, bikes. And MotoGP is like, it's a really a step up. It's like Formula One. You see, you have technology development, much more money involved. They are uh, prototypes. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. um, going back to to our little history of MotoGP, uh, yeah. the lower cylinder categories have been ruled by young European riders preparing for MotoGP on Aprilia and on the bikes. A lot of Spanish. They were starting to to come like a full uh, a lot, a lot of Spanish. Before it was only Italians or almost Italians, and then Italians and Spanish. Uh, and with Dani Pedrosa ruling the trend with three su successive titles. Um, uh, he was one of those promises that moved to, um, to MotoGP. And in his first season, he shared the rep solo on the pit box with American rider uh, Nicky Hayden, that passed away like two years ago or something. Um, Who's aggressive but consistent riding earned him the 2006 title and ended Rossi's annual procession to glory. Uh, Aiden f was the first one. Nicky Aiden was the first one that end, uh, ended those um, those those years of uh, Rossi ruling the the championship. It was a very good champ championship that year because uh, it was until the last race and. 
it was one of the few times that you saw uh, Rossi falling in the last race. He was a driver that didn't make much mistakes, didn't uh, fail a lot. And in that last race, I think he felt the pressure and um, and really it, it was for Aiden. That year was for Aiden. Um, Sorry, how old was uh, Rossi at that time? Oh, very young. He, I, I don't, I don't know uh, cert, uh, precisely, but he's like 40 now. So he was uh, 26, 20, 26, 25, around that, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, because he started winning uh, very young. Uh, Pedroza, that was one of the biggest promises, he had a strange career in MotoGP, um, he seemed like really strong but never delivered uh, results or was a title contender, um, and as I said before, <clears throat> the, the final race of the this year, that was 2006, I think I, I even uh, cried, uh, Rossi was able to be champion, um, but he fell. Um, and yeah, at that time it was really unusual to see Rossi fall. He was always in control. Uh, also, it was a, um, appearing a, a good young driver that was Casey Stoner, uh, that was showing good things during this season, which was confirmed in 2007 um, with the title. Um, we have to say that this happened with the help of new regulations to try to end the on the, oh no, not on the, a Yamaha with Rossi ruling the, the championship. But yeah, uh, Casey Stoner, a very good driver also. At the start of the uh, 2007 uh, season, these new rules restricted the number of tires used in Grand Prix weekends and, re and a reduction in engine size from 1000 to 800 cc uh, again leveled the the field um, and yeah I, I remember seeing in, in the, that year that these rules were uh, were, were presented uh, Casey Stoner was in Ducati and the Ducatis like today were really strong in the in the straights like with these new engines it was like uh, Mercedes in 2014. Mm -hmm. They in the in the straights they didn't stand a chance against the Ducatis. But Pedrosa was the only guy that uh, until today that um, that led the Ducati to a title. At least since I since I watched it, <laughs> Ducati are always trying to sign very good drivers. Rossi went there, Lorenzo went there, uh, and they. None of them could win a title. Only Stoner was the only one that that could win a, a title there. Um, Just remember, as uh, which uh, which championship uh, we are talking about? We are what year? Uh, two thousand and seven. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, two thousand and seven with new rules entering to try to to level the field again because. Yama and Rossi were uh, a little bit ahead of. Even if Aiden had won in 2006, you could still see that the level was was not the same as Rossi and Yama. It was a uh, uh, mistakes, uh, bad luck, some races with mechanical problems, and yeah. Um, but yeah, so continuing. Um, in 2018. 
Um, Rossi returned to the Pinnacle, taking his sixth Premier Class title, with Stoner runner-up in the standings. Um, the 2009 season saw the introduction of a single tire rule, as Bridgestone were named the sole suppliers for the MotoGP class, and Rossi took his seventh title in the Premier Class after a battle with teammate Jorge Lorenzo, taking him taking him him to within one title of equaling Giacomo Agostini, that is like mm -hmm. a major idol, um, all-time record of eight. So Rossi at that time had seven and Agostini had eight titles. It seemed it was just a matter of time to reach that record for Rossi. Um, this year was the year that I sent you the video, if you remember. Mm -hmm. that, remember? That last few laps in Catalonia were Ah, I don't know how can I, I remember being here in this room, showing um, mm -hmm. that race, and it was like unbelievable, unbelievable what the, those guys do, unbelievable. Very, very intense. Uh, yeah. They were. How, how many? Um, um, <coughs> so I don't remember the word. How many? How many turns um, remained for for the end? Um, Rossi, Rossi uh, overtook him in the last corner. Mm -hmm. In the last corner, and it's like uh, nobody would think of overtaking in that corner. Only Mark Marquez. <laughs> <laughs> but no. uh, but but the video uh, it is about uh, three three laps. Yeah, three laps. It's the the last three laps. They passed each mm -hmm. other maybe three or four times there, but they were like like really following each other all the time. It was very good. Rossi had, um, was only one title short of equaling uh, Agostini all-time record in 2009. And at that time he was, let me just check. Okay, so at in 2009 when Rossi won the... Um, this is just a, a spoiler for you. In 2009 when Rossi won the seventh title, short, only one short from uh, Agostini's record of eight, he was 30 years old, so he was in his prime. Mm -hmm. That's why I said it was. It seemed it was just a matter of time to reach that record. He never won a title again. So, yeah, the record is still to be beaten, and it seems that Marquez will beat it if it if, uh, doesn't happen the same to him, <laughs> uh, that happened to Rossi, that it seemed like it was easy, it was just one away. But yeah, let's go. So, the 2010 season saw a new name enter the MotoGP class history books, as George Lorenzo was crowned the World Championship following an excited season-long battle with teammate Rossi for the title. Lorenzo showed superb consistency and remarkable met uh, remarkable maturity to claim the premier class crown aged just 23 years old so very young uh, and as you can see the young wolves started to difficult uh, the public hero Rossi <laughs> hegemony in recent years 2011 saw Casey Stoner move to factory Honda a switch that proved a resounding success uh, he was in Ducati before uh, Stoner clinched the 2011 title with a win at Phillip Island, his ninth uh, but not his final victory of the season. 
Um, and this was uh, a curiosity because he is uh, Australian, so he won the title mm -hmm. at now. Mm -hmm. um, and this year was uh, impressive by him. And I would like to know um, how many drivers are there? Uh, you are speaking always about uh, four or five, uh, I think, most important. Um, but uh, what about the, the rest of them? Um, I, I would say that there are usually between 18 and 30 drivers during these years because there were years with a lot of bikes and then the championship went a little bit uh, to a bad place. Uh, but yeah, the other driver, uh, I think the, um, how do you say, the, the level of MotoGP is um, not so high, I think. At least in these years, was not so high as like Formula One. Like the level was not so even. You had drivers that weren't so good. But uh, yeah, the top 10 drivers were very good, or maybe even top mm -hmm. 12. And I think that today the grid is very, very competitive. Very, very. Like uh, I, I don't see maybe just like in Formula One, you have probably one or two drivers that shouldn't be there. Not, not, mm -hmm. not, not more. Um, one last question. Um, yeah. Is there any kind of division like at WEC? Um, I mean, factory teams, uh, private uh, teams. Is there any championship that involves uh, factory teams and another for private teams? Or is there <laughs> only a crown? No, uh, it's uh, like the drivers' championship and teams' championship, and um, in the there was no division uh, in these years that I there was that I am talking about. But mm -hmm. I think that it's probably I don't know if it's uh, in 2012. But when the championship went to a bad place, they divided it in two, and there were uh, like half of the grid that the bikes were like second class. Mm -hmm. And that were the, you can say, the bad times, I think. Uh, but oh. not until uh, when I'm talking about 2011 and w was still everything uh, good, not not that bad. A plain and simple championship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and also uh, regarding the 2011 championship um, and stoner performance um, with Ducati before, um, in 2007, when he was champion, the, the the bike was good on the straights, but it wasn't the best bike. He showed that year that he was a pretty strong driver. And moving to Repsol, uh, Honda, best team and bike, uh, made the duo impossible to beat. It was a really, really mm -hmm. strong performance, like, like uh, Hamilton in 2014. You see, mm -hmm. no chance. Did anyone stand a chance? Yeah. Okay. Very, very interesting, Joao. And what remains for next chapter? Uh, for next chapter, we have to discuss 2000 and, uh, the championship since 2012 to today. To today. And um, the focus will not be so much in Rossi, as it was the, in the first decade of this millennium, but it will start to be in Marc Marquez that... I, it's difficult to admit, but I think it's 
it's even stronger. Mm -hmm. And you have uh, a curiosity that teams started to change how they how they um, project bikes because he goes to an angle that they thought that was not possible. Yeah. And he's the only one that can do that. So yeah, and that is like mind blowing. Uh, how can you change? How can you change uh, competition and driving style like that? Because he can go to like 60 something degrees in some corners, and you see the saves that he makes. Like he already fell, but somehow he's back up again. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's like on the ground, <laughs> on the ground. No, no. He, the, the 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 front end of the bike slide and he's on the ground but somehow he like with the knee does like a, hits the ground and it's amazing it's amazing he's uh, I think he's from another planet very interesting so we go learning we go finding new things about uh, the spectacular uh, world of uh, MotoGP uh, thank you very much Joao you're welcome. Uh, stay tuned. Stay tuned. Yeah. We we get to we want to know more, and we will be here, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. See you next chapter. Goodbye. Goodbye. Another thing is that uh, uh, another curiosity, like Rossi was champion, uh, won the championship, 22 years old. No, yeah, 22 years old. I think the first. Yes. Lorenzo, the uh, 23, and Marquez. Let me just check. Mark Marquez, 27 years old. So, 20 years old. Mm -hmm. Very young. Very, very, very young. young. The end. <laughs>